0: The rich feed the poor till there are no rich no more.
1: Thank you, Mr. Alvin Lee, for uh, ushering in us another get together here on the twenty-fifth of February. And uh, that's 22520 in the numerical sequence today. Uh, nothing ominous there except for the ominous situation globally with the things that are developing. Quite interesting. And of course, we comment on that, talk about it, and analyze it, and uh, try and make correct decisions according to events that are transpiring for our own and our progeny's benefits. Uh, and uh, we do that. Your host, Roger Sales, our little get-together was named the Radio Ranch. Well, I'll go into the story behind that one day. Uh, Somebody that I really admire uh, came from his creative, fertile mind. And, uh, uh, of course, our um, venue here, our platform, is the People's Patriot Network. We call it, Fledgling Little Network. Always looking for people that want to contribute. Um, It's just I tried to start this thing out, and it's very – Well, I think it's very hard for people to make the kind of commitment uh, that it takes to do this and keep it consistent and regular and be here and all those kind of things. And uh, uh, we're always open to growth and ideas, but right now it's a skeleton crew, and we uh, try to get on here. The main purpose of the whole enterprise uh, is revolving around a book that was a compilation of uh, more than 100 years of three men's lives, Uh, our deceased now deceased law teacher if you will john w benson uh are still living just had his 80th birthday last week glenn Ambort and uh, myself who's in the early part of the 70th decade of my lifetime and uh, had accumulated some knowledge some curiosity some questions in the early part of my life never could figure things out didn't see the things working the way that I thought that they should got curious uh, along a path of, gosh, how many years? Um, well, from the 60s up into the 90s, uh, 60s being the my college years, Woodstock, and uh, the assassinations in Vietnam, and all the turmoil of uh, the Tavistock Institute, um, questioning through. I didn't question too much when I was there. I was 10 years active in the record business. I was out, you know, doing what I was doing being a kid. Uh, except at the end of that, and I had a brother-in-law from my first marriage. Up in North Alabama there in Athens, Alabama, Limestone County, Alabama. Mighty nice part of the country just south of the Tennessee-Alabama line uh, o- over just a shade west of Huntsville, Rocket City as they call it in that part of the country and I had a brother-in-law who was an optometrist over there and uh, he was a as the family was avid golfers and um, one day we were out playing golf I was attempting to play golf he was a scratch golfer he could hit that thing 300 yards straight you could hang clothes on it okay Uh, amazing family of golf and uh, we were out there on the golf course and he started telling me he said, "Man, there's these meetings that these high rich people get together with one, uh, once a year they're called the Bilderbergers and the press is in attendance but they never put anything out about it and that was after all those years of curiosity 15-20 years earlier that was uh, not quite that long it was uh, the first time here comes old Mr. Chris calling in here to join us I had my little Muted so it didn't irritate us. Hey Chris, I was just reflecting back. Hey Chris, good morning. I was reflecting back. Good morning you know, to you. Just starting the show and nobody was on the board yet or anything. And I was thinking about the and and it, talking about when I first woke up here in the path that i took and the curiosity from the 60s and then when i was actively working i didn't have too much of this curiosity a little bit but not nothing that i really i'll tell you where i really remember coming out of the record business i was at the tail end of it and me and another guy had our own independent company and that was right when carter w- was getting defeated by reagan and at the end of carter's um term if you'll remember they had that fiasco in iran uh, with the students, quote unquote, students over, overcoming the embassy and Carter's losing a helicopter full of people over there on a special mission, and, you know, all, all the, whatever the intrigue, we'll probably never know what all went on behind the scenes there. But that was very interesting to me. And um, I remember that I stopped listening to radio and started, I mean, uh, music radio and started listening to all the news radio. And if you'll remember at that point in time, it spawned. I'm not sure if it's still with us or not, but it spawned a long-running news program called ABC Nightline and that program started because of that Iran situation. Anyway, that, you know, was a a kind of a metamorphic event for me, and then I got out of the record business and probably paid more attention to it, but I had been told by a brother-in-law that uh, there were these groups that met once a year, and I think he identified it as the Bilderbergers, and the press would attend, but they never would publish anything about it and all that stuff, and I'm obviously now looking back at is obvious to me at least that he had been exposed to John Birch that's John Birch talk and didn't really follow through because years later uh after I had woken up and gotten on the trail I actually had an opportunity to speak with him and tell him that I really that was a very memorable conversation for me and it spurned me for years and and produced more curiosity which eventually uh ended up when uh I crossed paths with John and Glenn really um, now, uh, all that to say, of course, that was an IRS effort. I, I wanted to start out uh, early on here and read something off of Twitter. Uh, and it's from Cliff High's, Cliff High's Twitter account, so you'll appreciate this. Uh, and it says uh, it's ha- this was put on our board this morning, Jack, or somebody found it. I think that we have until March before. Shift hits, shift, shift hits the fan internally in government. By that time, many, capitalized many, will be infected in government offices. Most prominently, IRS processing facilities. Which are, as you know, for if you're if you're in the tax business, like a tax preparer or a HR block guy, and we listen, we've had some of our listeners that have had to do that kind of stuff on the side, you know, during this time of year, make some money, um, make some Federal Reserve notes to, ha- to make some babble bucks. There you go. We need to bring that term back into usage. Babble bucks, what we used to call them, to make some babble bucks, and um you know, they're, they're beehives of activity. Okay. And I can imagine when that gets in there and they of course go out of their way to hire what minorities. So you probably got some Chinese working in there along with it, you know, no telling what all. And, uh, that's very interesting comment from cliff high. We'll see IRS processing centers going to be hit real hard. Gosh, that'd be real. That'd be too bad. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Chris?
2: Absolutely. In fact, I heard something along the same lines. Uh, I forget who it was. It was one of the big outfits that laid off a couple of thousand people, but they forced their existing employees, tenured employees to train
1: the replacements all for an H1B visa workers oh, coming yeah. over to sure. their jobs. Sure, sure. That's the way they do it. Um, there, uh, Of course, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm monitoring the financial more than anything else because it's a very special interest of mine, and I'm looking at that as a barometer. And also questioning, the, I guess the headline that's still up there on those extra articles on zero hedges, is this a device that was intentionally set by these guys to mask the implosion of the economy, which was coming anyway. Uh, I don't, another, again, question we may never have answered. Okay. It's nice speculation though. The timing's impeccable. I'll give them that. Um, the market had a bad hair day yesterday. If you didn't hear, uh, it was down over a thousand points. Third biggest drop in the history of the market. Um, I noticed that gold at the end of the day and, and gold is a great barometer it's a it's a real canary in the coal mine here because it's going to lead a lot of the other stuff you know it's going to lead i think at least Bitcoin because there's a lot of investors that aren't familiar with cyber coins and Bitcoin and the confusion of that side and the a lot of some of them have taken an interest in it I'm sure some of them probably hold it, but their first mental reaction in these unique economic circumstances is always to revert back to gold why because it's got a 5,000 year history that's why okay now gold is probably gonna lead silver silver is probably in the end going to give a return on investment far greater but it's got some liabilities okay it's utility it depending on your circumstances can be a, a, a liability you can't pick it up and haul it all right um, but regardless, watching the gold market, and we commented yesterday because gold spiked on Sunday night in the overnight markets. That's when the U.S. isn't open yet, and the markets that are open are the Far East and Australia before Europe opens in that time and then fading into Europe as the sun reaches that part of the world. And so those markets, when ours are closed, are very indicative. Well, yesterday morning, gold spiked forty-five, fifty dollars in the overnight market, in the middle of it, 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 well, it was rising, and they hit it in the middle of it. Now, why is that unusual? That's unusual because normally, and I've been following these guys' antics on this market for years, okay? And normally, when it spikes in the overnight market, they'll wait until right before New York opens to hit it now the way they quote-unquote hit it is they go into the paper markets the future markets the contract markets and they dump up to a half a year's gold production when those out when those markets are shifting say between China and Europe or Europe and the U.S. In those dead times when nobody's on there, there's a certain little time over there that's a little window for a few minutes, and they'll dump as much as a half a year or more's production of ore on the futures market in paper contracts and you but they always do it right before the market opens in that dead zone well what made yesterday unusual is it was middle way through the asian session when it was spiking and they freaked out and they hit it because it was $10 below 1700 it got up to $1690 now this is the psychology of these guys okay it got up to $690 1700 what happens is When they're manipulating these things and doing futures and stuff, Chris, I don't know. This is very complex. It's not that uh, I have ever been active in it. It's just over the years I've kind of watched enough, listened enough, read enough, thought enough about it to be able to at least schematically put it together in my mind on how it works. Well, a lot of these things they're doing with these futures, and, of course, it's all computer-based, well, they have trigger points, okay, They've got trigger points when the price gets to whatever it is, a high or low, that they're automatically programmed to sell. And a lot of things that react off of those kind of things, which are now all electronically computerized and all based on derivatives, which are based on other derivatives, which are based on, uh, you know, special drawing rights or whatever, however they've got it structured, all right? The point being that these levels are very important to them, and obviously 1700 was a real important one because, boy, when it got close to that with momentum, they hit that thing with a 10-pound sledgehammer. In the middle of the session, they didn't wait till right before the next session opened. Okay, and so the plunge protection team. Pardon me. The plunge
2: protection team steps in.
1: Yes, Uh, 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 and uh, so uh, or the B. This may be above the level of the PPL. This may be PPT. This may be BIS stuff. All right, because this is real, real serious. So anyway, it did that. And then I noted on the show yesterday, because you can see from the graph, you know, is it'll get a little momentum. They knocked it down. It'll get a little momentum. and Bam, they hit it again. And they just can't let that thing get that momentum it had previously when it almost spiked to 1,700. Well, they're still hitting it. Okay, it they hit it yesterday all day long, and then right before the close, the must have been the BIS stepped in and the, they hit it with ten ten pound sledgehammers and knocked it down from where it was had been kept and fought all day long in that arena of up and down price man, maneuvering, public demand trying to spike it and them trying to cur- curtail it. What it is, and then they step in towards right at the close and bang that thing 40, 40 bucks. I mean, it was a straight drop off a cliff, bam. Okay, so it's very obvious what's going on if you got a little bit of insight. Well, it creeped back up last night from that big hit up to about oh um, god about a little above uh, sixteen fifty five, and boy, you know, again the middle of the session in Asia, actually at the start of the session in Asia, hit it again knocked it down as much as they could, another $20 this time. They couldn't hit it as hard. The market's built up a little bit of resiliency, and bam, it comes up, it gets up a little bit, wham, they hit it again. It tries to get up, but and then it did get up about 20, and they've been fighting it since this morning. So it's a pretty big battle worldwide on the global market, and these guys are, uh, you know, it's like uh, the analogy I heard years ago when Bob Chapman used to be on the radio with the regularity, God bless him, when he was still around, and they'd use the analogy of going to the beach. And, uh, you go to the beach and you take your beach ball and all day long you're out there, you know, waist high, little chest high, and you're holding that beach ball down, holding it down, holding it down. And it keeps wanting to come up and you keep trying to push it down. At some point you lose control and that's, what's going to happen here. And, uh, they're trying to time it in their timing, and of course they want to kick every day to the next day because that gives them one may one more day running this fraudulent system and enjoying their fraudulent benefits, power, etc uh so it's an interesting time and this virus is going to have quite an effect on these prices and as i said i think the canary in the coal mine is going to be this spot gold price this time around um one of the big car factories uh i forget which one it was one of the big car factories had to shut down its uh manufacturing of cars over there i think in korea why does everybody have the virus? Well, not necessarily there, but they can't get any of the batteries, and it's the electric car factory, and the batteries are made in China. So more and more and more and more of these little ripple effect consequences. Uh, interesting time, Chris, interesting time. Uh, how? Uh, so what's your well, comment?
0: Well, that
2: kind of relates to a Lou Peter Schweitzer that I was looking at on there and on TV and or the video, anyways. And they were talking about putting your regulator into these regulated industries and uh, then driving down the price of a stock like uh, Phoenix University and then buying it all up with a uh, Nesbitt friend uh, Obama. And uh, then the price goes back up. So if you depress the market, you can steal the stuff. And then it becomes very interesting. I'll be right back, okay? Oops, oops never mind. Jews, I'll leave right now.
1: Jews must live. I've mentioned it before, and I don't remember the uh, the uh, the Jewish gentleman that was kind enough to write the work for us. You can find it out there on the web. Uh, Jews Must Live, and it is about how they steal businesses. Basically, the whole book's about how they steal businesses. And uh mentioned it the other day, came up here, and one thing that I don't know, I didn't see very much follow-up on it, but if you'll remember years ago, I was still in the States probably 15 years ago. There was a big E. coli scare uh, in in, uh, hamburger meat out of an outfit and it turns out that the company that uh, provided most of the ground beef for the mid part of the country was one company so they went in did a ebola square scare and of course they got control of government agencies so this is the kind of things that they can pull they go in and start doing that it depresses the price of the stock somebody comes in and buys it boom it's in the jewish owners of the non-kosher meat processing hamburger place hey cody Hey, good morning. morning. You're nice and Well
3: you and cl- you've got
1: some You got you're nice that? and clear today. You're not driving.
3: No, oh. I've uh, I was starting to come down with some sickness yesterday and uh took a bunch of vitamin C and my wife made a beautiful spinach soup and took some other vitamins and I think I'm start pretty well beat it. Didn't turn into flu. I was starting to get a little dizzy yesterday. It was kinda of crazy. Really? But uh the man has like man i hope i don't have coronavirus <laughs> i'm getting busy <dizzy.
1: laughs> well i but, think you know jack so was I kind stayed. enough to put a map there on our our little whatsapp forum and it looked like the cases that had popped up outside of maybe detroit and chicago were all on the coasts so a couple on the east coast majority on the west coast just about every major metro area on the west coast looked like they had something reported
3: according to mike adams the health ranger he said they're there's only a few states that even have testing kits for this That's stuff. Right. That's you know great. and then you've got <laughs> did you hear how insane the the c d c when they flew those people back from japan the c d c told the uh, embassy guy there in Japan, do not mix the people, use separate planes for the sick and they just said, oh no, no, we can put up a divider in the plane it's It's just unbelievable the incompetence you know the oh. The let plane's me, compressor recirculates the whole plane. You right,
1: know? Let me tell you, we've learned the, uh, the hard way how incompetent the State Department is. <laughs> you know, the we well, talked Trump, on here, uh, Cody, yeah. about the Frankfurt School. You've picked up on some of that, right? The Frankfurt
3: School. I, I don't know too much about the REIT. What I was going to remind you, when you're talking about Jews must uh, live there, is you've got firsthand experience with your doctor buddy there with the uh
1: i tried to warn him he wouldn't listen well he needed money so bad see and and they used to go tell a that, tell and
3: that story a little bit
1: well dr flick had had uh you know the the uh, what has put me in some kind of a of a financial cushion for older age because i was wise with the proceeds for four years i was the only salesman in the world for this miracle product developed by this eccentric doctor, orthopedic surgeon named Dr. Bart Flick. He's still alive. He's still got a practice. He's still eccentric. He's a real nice guy. Uh, quite bright. He's a year older than I am, and um, he was a, a medical student when he was in medical school. He was a, his one of his professors was a guy named uh, Robert Becker, who. isn't exactly a household name but in medical circles he's got a pretty good cult following because he wrote a book which is still all these years later has a cult following called the body electric and he pioneered a lot of the the concepts that the body is an electrical system and in his association with dr flick he saw this product used and then becker the uh, went on to something else and kind of dropped it by the wayside and he thought that the product would work on standalone and he 20 years uh resource he became the leading expert in the world on silver as applied to medicine and he also became an expert on weaving because you have to understand weaving and materials to be able to understand how the silver plates and how it works and so over a 20-year period of time when he was doctoring uh, and he doing this on the side, and he got all the patents. I was amazed at Flick. He got all of the patents. But he got some international and got some domestic. Uh, and the patent is for the medical application of this product, okay? Because there's other uses for it. You can go buy it and put it on your smart meter if you want to kill your smart meter. Make it a little nightcap. And you'll kill your smart meter. You do the same thing with aluminum foil. But regardless, uh, Flick did that all without an attorney. Okay? He did it all on his own, which I, I thought was pretty admirable actually. And uh so he went out and got a bunch of investors, promising product, had, had unbelievable trial results, he used it a lot on animals before they got FDA approval. And one of the investors was an orthopedic dental surgeon there in the Atlanta area and would use use it in his uh, uh, procedures and had amazing success with it so anyway they finally got it uh patented they got some investors up and flick did what no inventor which is what he'd preferably be should ever do which is try and run your own company he's an inventor He's a doctor. He don't know about business. He hired some wrong people. They stole him blind. Everything collapsed, and he was bust, busted. And that's kind of when I came on the scene, okay? And uh, he needed somebody to represent the product, but he couldn't pay anybody anything and i needed something to do awful you know outside of the norms of business where i could get paid and just about that time it was right before y2k a year or so and so we got a hold of the product i got trained up a little bit and i went out and started doing the expos we did one in indianapolis we did one in las vegas we did one in denver we did we did several of them you know along the time And garnered up a a nice awareness in the Patriot community on the product. I started doing radio again and doing radio interviews on it with a number of people. And that kind of got my foot in the door back in the radio stuff. And so for a couple of years, I was the only salesperson in the world. I mean, I was selling the stuff to Turkey and all over the world. I'd get uh, uh, orders for it. And um, so that's, that's what it was. But I told him in that time period because they were weaseling their way in. The way they weasel their way in, Cody, was they had a guy that Flick had interacted with who was a goy, you know, one of us, a gentile, quote unquote, and he was a medical salesman and he had stumbled across Flick up in Chicago. And so he had a friend who was the Jew connection and his name was Silver and he's the one that runs the company to this day and they, you know, fed Flick a little bit of money. They got in there where they were going to do a business. They said, "No, you we, uh, silver won't. We won't do anything unless you give him total control of the company," which Bart unfortunately relinquished to and did. And they used a Jewish firm there in Chicago to go in and backdate all the paperwork, all the patents, everything, doctor it up, and then any time Flick tried to sue him. On behalf of the previous investors, they would come at him with a huge counter lawsuit, and he had to get wrapped up in, again, spending money he didn't have uh, with law firms. He didn't w- wouldn't really represent him, et cetera, et cetera. And so he went off and did other things, which he's doing now. And he took that, and he branched off into a lot of this um, frequency and electronic and uh, magnetic healing. And he's got a clinic up in North Georgia, up in Clayton. Uh, uh, and Rabid County, really nice area up there in North Georgia, just south of the South Carolina-Georgia border, and uh, has a thriving practice that's very successful. I I visited him when I was yeah. up there on my last trip, went over and spent the day, had lunch with Bart, and uh, while I was there, there was an old guy came in, and he's he's got a big, long building up there. It would be like maybe... Two levels and maybe five or six offices on each level, and he's got the whole building, okay? And he runs his medical stuff upstairs a couple of days a week so he can finance running downstairs where he does all the electrical and frequency work, okay? Okay. And when I was in there waiting to go to lunch, there was an old guy that had walked in, and uh, uh, when I had gotten there, and they put him in the treatment room, which is a real treat and a trip because it looks like something out of an old movie. Uh, you sit down in nice chair and they put all this these things up your nose, man. They shoot laser beams of the frequency straight up into your brain, and they and there's these light big light bulbs on the side of you that look like something like Tesla. You know, it's like this great big bulb and you get and you see all this electric. Uh, things go through it and it's real freaky but on the way out that old guy who was walking on a cane he was a big guy he's about six foot four pretty stocky and I look it's and Bart and I were there and Bart said well Bill how do you feel and he got this really wonderful look on his face and he goes wonderful and so after lunch they put me in that thing and it was going to be for about an hour and they said well it may make you sleepy hell I slept for three hours in that thing with all that stuff going, and it really works, okay? And he's got a heck of a a a heck of, a, uh, a heck of a satisfied – in the north part of Georgia. But what, is
2: it, what does it do?
1: Well, he uses it's, a number of real cutting-edge frequency and magnetism stuff, but it takes – you know, everything's no. based on frequency, all right? That's what we've learned. doesn't make you
3: tired. What's the point of it? Well, well, you can attack
1: You can attack things by using frequency and find a cure, okay? I mean, so, there's a lot yeah, of budget. examples. It's a whole big field. We've got a, a listener. She's probably just doing backflips right now named Katya, out in Idaho that's got one of these types of machines that's been around in Germany, sold worldwide for 20, 30 years or something that has – miraculous effects they've got a chair and when she was getting into it i had her on the show one day to talk about it um that company's got this big chair you know that you can buy that big easy chair you sit back where it where it applies all the stuff for professionals offices the hell they charge over 100 grand for that thing man but you can buy a chair and you put it in your house and sit there and do all that if you can afford it anyway what were you going to ask uh, about frequency uh cody am i not i was just saying
0: yeah
1: i just
3: didn't quite understand what it was supposed to to cure
1: cure what ails you i mean everything's based on frequency okay so this is all of the the follow-up work of a guy named raymond rife have you come across him yet rife's i guess chris had no i don't okay r i f e lot of it well r i f e is how you spell his name okay, let's see if we can merge Chris back in now with the situation being the way it is. Are you going to merge back in Chris or not? no, I've got to call you okay uh Raymond rife um back in the twenties, thirties, forties I don't remember if they killed him or if he died natural. Causes or what? Somebody'll probably chime in and tell us it knows more about it than me. But he was the one that pioneered this, and he had a machine that's curing cancer back in the forties. Okay, and it's a frequency You're generator. Open. All right, and it's based on the concept. What we've learned scientifically is that everything has a frequency. Frequency is incredibly important. Okay, and so if you've got a particular organism that's causing a problem. You go in and find out what the frequency of that organism is, and you take your little machine and dial up that frequency, and you zap your body with it, and it kills the organism.
2: That particular machine was called a Moral Oscillator by Royal
1: Raymond Rice. There you go. And I, as I said, there's a lot more people that know a lot more about it than I do. Probably Samuel, who's just joined us, also may know something about this. He's kind of schooled in that kind of stuff. But that's where all this has come from. And listen, there's ai have run into it twice now. I've got two friends who are messing with it, two people that I know pretty well. And it's some kind of using ultra frequencies, and it's through your cell phone. And you load an app. And the app then goes in, and somehow the phone gets the frequency to you. I don't know too much about it, but uh, people have reported some success with it. Anyway, that's a whole new cutting-edge part of uh, medicine and healing, uh, Cody. And yeah. uh, there's well, a lot it, of it. was discovered. Go ahead. Here's Samuel. It was, you can tell was diso-
4: us? It was discovered back in the 30s by Rife. Uh, it's, it's Royal Raymond Rife. You can go to RoyalRaymondReif.com and get a history, and he was taken down by the fledgling uh, beginning of the FDA. A gentleman by the name of fishbomb destroyed uh-huh. him. And yeah. Mr. Wright had built a microscope in those days that could magnify 60,000 times and not kill the subject where electron microscope does. He would take... Uh, a pathogen regardless of what it was and look at it under the microscope, he ground his own lenses out of quartz because glass wasn't going to do it be black at that magnification and he watched the pathogen and then he he brought in the frequency that he wanted to kill it with and he could see it happen we're in an electron microscope, everything's dead this guy was the Tesla of his time when it came to frequency and everything else. Uh, Fishbomb finally got, you know, all these court things against him and this and that and destroyed him. He, the, the sheriffs went out there and smashed his machines with sledgehammers. He was a threat because he could cure all disease.
1: Um, Fishbomb, and it wasn't the FDA. Fishbomb was the head of the AMA, and I wanted to use the opportunity okay. of that to promote a book and ask Cody if he's... Have you read much of Eustace Mullins' stuff yet, Cody? I know you read a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you stumbled in and looked into Eustace Mullins' information?
3: Um, the uh, well, our wife is saying something. What was that, Eustace Mullins? Yeah,
1: I've, I've seen some, some of his... I don't know. Okay, well, I was just going to promote, whether you want to or not, and I can tell you where you can get it over on Jim Ram's site, because I gave him the book to put up there. Uh, one of his real great works was a book entitled "Murder by Injection," and it is the only <laughs> history of the American Medical Association that's ever been written and that's where Fishbaum was instituted as one of the as the president of the AMA, the gatekeeper, if you will, for the medical field, and he's also the reason that chiropractors had so much problems in the states for so many years.
2: The Hoxie. I what, Chris? I think that was, I think that was Fleischner. Yeah. and and uh, no, They're no, the Fleish, the, Fleish, the
1: Fleish, They got Fleischner to write a memo, and it's called the Fleischner memo, and that circulated, mm-hmm. and that closed all the allopathic medical schools, all the the nature medical schools homeopathic except just a few and shifted all of the schools over to allopathic and my understanding is that fleischman memo the other
4: guy he went after the other guy he went after was hoxie hoxie had 1500 clinics in the country and uh, now the only one he can go to is in mexico
1: well, there you go. I didn't know about that, but there's another repercussion of it. Uh, this at the the turn of the last century, they had control of the of the money, and they started taking control of all the all the important aspects, institutional ways of dealing with and controlling a culture and a society.
2: Yeah. Curiously, about uh, Royal Lemon Rice, although his uh, frequency machine, Moral oscillator, was also great. He was also a Tesla in the optical field, as Samuel was talking about his ground quartz lenses. And he was hired by the Carl Zeiss company in Germany for a while, and worked over there on those uh, big lenses they made.
4: Yeah, he studied at the at Heidelberg as part of his uh, education, um, as well as universities here. He's he is the Tesla that everybody has buried um uh, he he had it all going on i mean that guy was so bright it's just a just a shame what they've taken from us
1: yes and and what they've taken from the world you know i mean tesla had was working on everybody getting free power and they intended on using power as a as the chokehold on control. They already had all their plans laid out. Look at what they'd already done over there in the Far East, the so Lawrence of Arabia, the Sykes-Pico Treaty, all those things. They were already dicing that up and splitting it up so they could take advantage of it and do it in a cartel-style arrangement where they had total control.
0: Just
4: yeah, uh, from what I understand, Roger, um The, uh, when Tesla died, uh, our government was in there and took all his papers. Mm -hmm. Supposedly those papers went to Donald Trump's uncle because he was a scientist and he is the one that, uh, dissected Tesla's, um, engineering drawings.
1: Hmm. I hadn't heard that. I do know that all these people on the left that keeps talking about how stupid Trump is. Trump ain't a stupid guy. Okay. (laughs) Those things we don't. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, Cody, if you get into the health stuff, it's a very interesting field. They've been asserting control over it for a long time, and uh, it's a great subject. And I, I will promise you this, Cody: the older you get, the more you'll get interested in it.
4: Roger, I uh, uh, one of the reasons I was sort of on rife in the last days, it's sort of weird, um, is I was working for a lady and she had had a number of car accidents and the doctors have been in there cutting and doing their stuff and just messing her up more and more. And I told her, I said, uh, I got some alternative stuff you can try. And she's skeptical. She's a retired lawyer <laughs> working for the state of California, you know, making yeah. their laws and regulations for them. Yeah. And so she's a hard case, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I told her, I says you know, try this, try that, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I look up Rife, right? She looked at that, and um, she was like, well, she looked at Wikipedia, of course. That makes him a charlatan, right? And I said, we well, got to go to the right sites to get the straight skinny on the guy. You can't go there, you know? And uh, I gave her a... Back when Joyce was still um, alive, she had interviewed uh, a woman from Lion Legacy Magnets and, again, another energy field source. And um, they originally started making magnets to put on your fuel lines to increase your your your, your um, miles per gallon.
0: Yep.
4: And the powers that be put them out of business. Yep. Right? Yep. So they went into magnets for people's bodies. And I gave her one of the magnets I have on uh, for her elbow was really bothering her. She was just miserable. And she wrapped it on there, and she says, wow, I can feel the difference right away. And I, I let her have it for days, and uh, she's like all jazzed about it, right? So um, and she told her doctor the other day, I have more relief from this than anything you guys have ever done. Anyway, uh, I go to I go to look up the uh, website for Lion Legacy, and there's nothing there. And I used to go to their online catalog and pick a product, blah blah blah. Right? Nothing there, nothing there. So finally, I found a phone number and I called them. Well, guess what? The FDA has attacked them yep. and put one of their other companies out of business, and she's shutting it down. She says at least for six months until they can recover. Wow.
1: Well. You could tell, and this is another one of the things just I've learned. Let me clear my throat here for a second. If you had any silver lawn, you can wrap her elbow. They've got a long kind of elastic type wrap that you can do wraps like that with. And uh, she'd find uh-huh. relief there too. Okay. But she may could find relief and you if she's open enough to try it. It may be a little bit funky, but uh, aluminum foil anything to increase that conductivity. see it's the electrical conductivity that it allows that to do what it does is it tricks the body and allows the body to heal itself basically
4: you know roger uh the uh, friday i'm going back to her job and i told her i'm going to bring her another thing it's called i call it my magic mud and uh this has got uh, piezo crystals in it and stuff like that. It's an earth thing, right? Mm-hmm. It is a mud, and it's mm-hmm. got uh, plant stuff in it and this and that. And I'll tell you what. When you use this stuff, it sounds pretty woo-woo, but you mix this stuff up, it's got like a uh, uh, a catalyst that you mix it with, and you wait five minutes, and you put this on a, on an old wound or something like that. And it op- it's according... To the guy who put it out, Dr. Bob Marshall, um, any major trauma, like a bad injury that you've had in the past, like say, for instance, your ankle. Um, uh, this opens the energy fields so that it can heal.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, Marshall used to say that a, a trauma like that blocks the energy field And if you don't open it up, you can take tons and tons and tons of nutrition, and nothing can get in there and help
1: it. Right. Right. It's like the stuff with the uh, stem and that they've got another product that that's what it does specifically is it strengthens the capillaries Mm -hmm. in the extremities. And, of course, if you're taking the stem-enhanced product on top of that, it allows the body to get the stem cells to those extremities that it may not have been able to access before that.
4: Thanks for reminding me. I'm popping one right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I take them. Listen, I I mean, uh, literally, boy, that stuff works. I was talking to somebody, Joe, yesterday. I talked to Joe from Ohio after the show, and, his computers crashed. and couldn't do this. Was asking some questions about Bit Club Network. Told him the story, and then I said, "This is, I don't know. He's an, you know, he's older, like us. And if you got something that ails you, and even in these days, if you don't have anything that ails you, I mean, especially we're sitting here talking about the coronavirus. We're going to mention it at some point, just about every day from now for the foreseeable future. I would imagine, okay? And so." uh I- anything that you can do to get your your own physiology up to let's say fighting shape um you know just gives you an extra layer of protection to me uh don't wait if you got something that ails you it's worth a try because most of the time the doctors are either a not going to be able to help you or if they think they're going to be able to help you they actually hurt you And there's a lot of people, a number of testimonials you can look at, personal testimonials of people that were in that situation and some knees or shoulders or whatever, and started taking STEM Enhance and had unbelievable results. Okay, So uh, uh, not only, I was telling Joe yesterday about that hammock fall. I won't go into it again, but I mean, that's what was the proof in the pudding to me. When when I can fall fifteen inches, land on the on my pelvis, A not break my pelvis bone, B the next day not even know anything's happened, on uh, falling on five feet of solid concrete. Like, hey, listen, man, that's not normal at seventy one years old. That's just not normal. I yeah. don't care what yeah. you say. Okay.
4: Well, if if everything they say about rice is true, Roger, he could have looked at this coronavirus under the microscope while it's working and introduce this frequency, and 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 to, till he got it right, and see how fast it dies.
1: Well, maybe and some then of, use that frequency. Maybe some of our cutting edge alt uh, laboratories and folks somewhere around the world will come up with a way to do that. Miraculously, zap it through your cell phone. Here, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, is yeah. you know when you're starting to see the early th- reports that are coming in on it. Um, It it is around a 5% fatality rate, and it's mostly people who are elderly or infirm or have had cancer or have cancer or have other types of ailments that are real susceptible, and evidently it kills you through getting pneumonia. It's kind of what I'm, I'm taking away from this at this point. Now, the other things that are kind of interesting is there's reports coming up that your body doesn't build an immunity to it. So you may get it and then get rid of it and then re-get it. And they say that's real dangerous, especially for young people, because then your body overreacts to it and sets up a psychoplasmic storm, which can kill you. Okay, and I don't know the medical stuff about it. I just know that's what these people are saying. So uh, we don't know all the yeah, ramifications but. of it yet. I thought it's very interesting last night on Tucker Carlson that he brought in the Fox doctor, and they talked about and another guy, the, that the uh, fact that this was released by the, uh, the top level four biological facility there in Wuhan. And what they said, the, the way they, they proposed a couple of ways that it could have gotten out. And one of them is downright plausible, okay, and repulsive at the same time. That the employees that worked in there, when they used the test animals, after the test animals had died, instead of incinerating them, took them over to the market nearby and sold them in that market that sells and eats any animal in the world just about evidently.
0: Mm.
4: Uh, What I heard on Truth was that uh, uh, they had one of their listeners who was a Canadian businessman who had an employee over there, and she came back um, on the 3rd of February, self-quarantined herself for 15 days before she went back to work. And according to her, all the social networking in China, what they actually believed in China, was that the first victim was from the lab. He was a worker in the lab. And I guess one of the symptoms of this virus is eye pressure. So he went to his ophthalmologist and his ophthalmologist was the second victim. And he put out the information that, uh, this was happening to him before he died. So, you know, um, wow.
1: Well, I guess who knows whether we'll know more about it as we go forward or not, okay? But it is... uh, God, that's gross, huh? The whole thing is pretty repulsive Mm -hmm. from the fact that these people would... would, What are they doing in some lab coming in and and absolutely engineering stuff like this in the first place?
4: Yeah.
3: Well, the other thing I had heard is that there's so many scrapper-type people that maybe they went through the garbage and reused the uh, the rubber gloves in the in the food market also and you know and then the number one thing would be is wouldn't you have an incineration facility if you're if one of those bio labs wouldn't you, you be incinerating right on premises
1: you damn sure you, you damn if
3: you design a new lab that's,
1: you you damn sure think you would wouldn't you Okay. Hey, Daryl, yeah, welcome maybe aboard. Maybe they
3: didn't because they're in the middle of the city. I, uh,
1: I didn't want to get past this and let this get past the show uh, today that yesterday uh, uh, what happened with one absolutely ogre Jew bastard beast, Harvey Weinstein. I don't know. I guess some of you saw this. He did get convicted. He finally on got his due. Three huh? of five counts, and then he's fixing to go out to California <laughs> and face four more um and uh but yesterday after after he was convicted and his attorneys tried everything under the jewish proverbial sun, you can imagine oh he didn't they didn't take him to rikers island to serve up to he may serve up to or get get stuck with up to 25 years of course anytime you see him on a uh, uh, on a film, he's got a walker, and they're helping him, and he's shuffling it, and then along. Magic, magically, and,
3: he's leaving without it, they said yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> well, if,
1: if there's some good-looking babe in a bikini on the side, he'd discard that thing and go after You'd see how healthy the old lecherous bastard really is, okay? So, anyway, all that's going on, And uh, uh, and they didn't take him to Rikers Island. They took him to the hospital under a medical emergency. That was the that well, was course. the first first day of his Roger. sentence, you know. Roger, yeah, heart palpitations. Yeah, heart palpitations. I'm sure he Roger, did. this is like
4: ro- ro- Roger, this is like twenty years ago. Uh, I was in San Rafael working for Lucasfilm, and the the big post office there. There'd be all these people out there. Um, Begging alms for the poor and the weak and the destroyed, and they'd be in wheelchairs and this and that. And come five o'clock, they they get out of the wheelchair, fold it up, take it over to their uh, their nice car, and drive away.
1: <laughs> uh, everybody's looking for a hustle, man. Everybody's looking for a hustle. Hey, Daryl, how you doing today, brother? Good, thanks for checking in.
5: Yeah, hey, the gang's all here i uh i've been listening to you and uh that uh that was some good information there yeah you're getting the general grift of it there with uh raymond rife uh the the frequencies are already developed the coronavirus is not just one virus it's a family
1: yeah a
5: family of viral uh, agents the so corona is, is a full family and uh uh uh, my friend Robert with his GB 4000 uh, had they had a previous corona frequency that destroyed them. Uh, they have just recently uh, in the last month updated to a a, a newer version of the coronavirus, which uh, will probably be you know uh, very effective on uh, on this particular strain I would imagine since it, um uh, seems to work on the other coronas uh, so I, I mean I don't know if it does or not but uh, it, it has a good legacy of uh, being very effective it's I've used it several times and it immediately addressed whatever issue I had with uh, a tick bite and some uh, other things so uh, the the reason that somebody might want to open their mind and follow some of this stuff and kind of realize, I don't know what I think I know is because, well, there's a lot of stuff you don't know. And, and, uh, so this is, this, is a good thing to do. And, uh, if you probably wanted to save, uh, your, your health and your life and those of you love in the future, and you got, you got the money, you ought to buy one of those machines and, you know, learn, learn how to learn how to use it. Um, The other thing about this, uh, situation is, uh, uh, it's, uh, pretty much come by independent third party and fourth party objective, uh, analysis, uh, around the world, uh, that this is a bioengineered thing and, uh, it's acting like a bioweapon and, uh, it, it, might even be uglier than that guys this is a little speculation and supposition but uh, what if this has nanotechnology in it that can be activated uh, by uh, 5g frequency frequency uh, uh, <laughs> and and directed to specific areas and targeted areas and groups of people
4: yeah
1: this is, yeah, Darryl, this, is
5: like a, this
4: is like this is like that that city that city like you won is the first five G city in China.
1: Yeah, that's right. I saw that.
5: Somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it doesn't. You don't you don't have to be much of a conspiracy theorist to uh, uh, you know extrapolate some of this uh, if you just relax a little bit and and think back on your 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 lessons that you, you were taught over your life. You know, didn't any of you watch James Bond? I mean, really? Come on. You know. Uh, and Blofeld, and, uh, you know, they, <laughs> actually, in Goldfinger, they laid out the strategy with the uh, the white man petting the cat while the uh, three fish are in the tank, uh, two of them are battling to the death, and the survivor will be finished off by the third who's instigated it, okay? <laughs> and this is, you know, come on, you know, this is your, your, your you were taught this, uh, so...
4: Anyway, <laughs> good <a> useful idiot. <laughs> well,
5: you, you know, and, and that might be you. <laughs> it might be me. You know, you know, it, it, it could be any one of us, right? So
4: that's
1: why uh, we need to pray. <laughs> that's always a good reason. That's why.
5: That's why you need to pray. Thank you, Samuel. Very good point. Extremely good point. On on target as usual. And, um, uh, so, uh, this all fits in with technocracy. I will I'll, I'll, for the risk of sounding like I'm lecturing everybody here who really don't need any lecturing, but, uh, I guess I will anyway. Uh, I will repeat if you have not read technocracy rising by Patrick Woods, you really don't quite get it yet. Okay. You, you, you get what you get, but you don't get the <laughs> and how, how the tech, technocracy and the social media and uh the the is uh you know uh being uh surrounded and caged and corralled by technocracy and uh that's just you know that's not a paragraph that's just not a page of, of summary it's a full okay and you you kind of need to read it and, and uh, because, you know, like Ron Popil always said, but wait, there's more. Uh, this, is, this is part of the reason uh, I have a um, very uh, objective uh, view of uh, crypto and blockchain, because I, I have a, a working uh, understanding through my study of technocracy of how this can be overlaid. It's it's not the fact that somebody has uh, uh, you know money or any kind of tool. It's it's those that use it and employ it. And uh, so it's a um, I, I I don't want to bet the farm on it. Okay. I
1: I, thought, I we always I'm not fully, somebody, I'm not we, willing to. Yeah. We advise somebody have a little bit all of it okay you can you can vary the ratios according to your own decisions but you should have a a nice selection of all of it. this is a time when you do apply the old axiom of don't put your eggs in one basket
5: and I've done that I've done that i have I have cryptos and several different kinds and I have all, all kinds of things and I, I have enough of it that I can still remain uh, I can be critical of it. Uh, uh, it's not the uh, it's not the uh, the crypto or the blockchain itself it's the it's the overarching structure that uh, I mean you really can't base on what you see now based upon what will be okay No more than the people that that uh, uh, you, you know I mean listen, uh, i mean that's just being objective here right i mean how do you how do you think you know something and know where it's going to go over and pretend you your trajectory you know that's kind of creepy you don't know. and so uh, uh this this is important uh, this is like people who think that they know what the constitution is what it means what it says and they don't know okay they really think they know but they don't know And they're not willing, they're not, they have not matured. Their mind is not mature enough yet. They haven't suffered enough and experienced enough to learn the critical lesson of maturity, which is objectivity. And if you don't have it, if you can't be objective, I don't want to fly with you.
1: Yeah, well, you say that.
5: Because you haven't
1: the mind of thinking yet. You don't know how to think. Let me see if I can give you an example of that, what you just said. They don't know how to think yet. You are under the Constitution. But what you don't realize is you're under specifically the 14th Amendment part of it. And you don't have any idea the ramifications of that if you don't study it and understand it.
5: Well, yeah, it's it's very uncomfortable. it, it may it's very uncomfortable. Okay, it's it's as uncomfortable. This, this is why you don't have a lot of what uh, spirit Im, spirit imbued Christians because they want salvation with aggravation, and and people want constitutional so quote unquote air finger rights without it, Okay, they don't want this. Okay, uh, and 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 these people that uh, are leveraging this are smart enough to. Uh, you know, leverage that against you.
1: Yep. Oh, let me tell you what. So you're really... The deeper you you get into this, the more you realize what you just said. You ain't dealing with dummies here. You're dealing with some pretty damn sharp, devious, deceitful, wicked to their very core individuals. Yeah.
5: Well as far as yeah. IQ ratings go, they're they're they have they have a higher I they have centuries of training and legacy, but, but on an individual basis I, I don't think it would be uh, beyond uh, uh be accurate to say that those uh, uh, any any number of those people have a higher IQ quotient than anybody on this call. Okay. All right. So they sure <laughs> they I sure know the approach I life. do the best
1: well, I can they, They take their skills and they use them differently because they use them from the start for the intent of deceit and fraud and self gain. Well,
5: they use them for jew purposes.
1: They're using them for jew
5: purposes, and I'm using them for my father's
1: purposes. Okay, let's
5: just let's quit being politically correct here. Come on, let's play the game. Find the kike. Well, they found Harvey Swinstein. They they found Harvey Swinstein. Weinstein. Okay, <laughs> we got and an, uh, and we yeah, got an, these... we got
1: an, we got another one. We got another one today already, uh, on the heels of Harvey. Oh. No pun intended. FBI and New York Police raid fashion executive Peter Nygaard's headquarters in sex trafficking pedophile investigation. So there's another one right on the right on the heels of it.
4: You know, I wanted uh, to say, I, I, I want to agree with you and show you how objective I am. I am a weirdo. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. <laughs>
5: uh, I, I have the t-shirt. I have the t-shirt. Thank you. It's very good. We, we need the t-shirt. Uh, you know, my, my, theme song, my theme song should be Creep. You know, the the, sing, the you ever heard, you're familiar with the, the song Creep, you know? <laughs> I'm a weirdo. What the heck am I
1: doing here? Yeah, well, that's what they're doing. Is they set the standard? You know, yeah. What is normal? Who sets the standard for normal? Is normal the yeah. the tranny giving the little transvestite thing to the kids Saturdays at the library? Is that normal? Okay. And I don't that's think what they do. Right for normal. They inject these poisons into a culture and then they normalize them to well, the best they can. And they either do it through the television and advertising and what you see in commercials or what you see in television programs. Or then if they can't do it that way, they come in through the enforcement arm and the, the, the government arm and they start doing things through the agencies.
5: Well, let's, let's give that a word, Roger. Everything that you just said is uh, uh, 150% accurate and complete, and it can be covered by one word. Roger did a beautiful job of describing schooling. This is your schooling. You were schooled, okay? They, they create normalcy biases through custom and usage, uh, through schooling, uh, incrementally through generation. Uh, okay, I just... I just laid out social engineering for you there you have it and, and you're a victim of it too by the way uh, you you are you have have integrated some of these uh, virus strains into you in your in the media that you watch and the TV you watch and the movies you watch and the songs you like and uh, the jokes you laugh at uh, uh, these all have contagions nested in them and it's up to you it's really up to you to learn how to be objective about this stuff. Uh, I, you you have to play the game guys. I'm sorry. It's called find the kike. And, uh,
1: (laughs) before I left the States there, I was living in Panama city. I was listening to, um, who is that Jews name? He's a movie reviewer. He had a syndicated, uh, show. I'll think of his name. If one of you don't come up with it, his brother, his brother was the mayor of Jerusalem. Um, and he did a big show every afternoon, and I forget well, on ABC or something. It was before Hannity or uh, on, and his big deal was pop culture, pop culture, pop culture. He was a, mu- a movie reviewer. Can, can anybody think who the, that guy's name is, or is he just gonna sit there and smolder and bu- bug me that I can't think of it? It'll come to me. Anyway, I as I, I noticed it. Because it was along the same time, I'll tell you what else I noticed, because I moved back home in 2003 there till I moved to Argentina for five years in that spread. And along those lines was when they were building the housing bubble. And and I've mentioned it before, every other commercial on TV was Ditech. Oh, no, I lost another one to Ditech. You remember all that stuff if you were watching TV back then? Here comes Bob checking in. Oh, yeah. And, and – uh, um, along the same time was this guy and doing his shows and talking about pop culture and I never I figured out of course what they were doing blowing the bubble but I couldn't really figure out the pop culture angle cuz there was so much emphasis on it and um it wasn't until Did I we get moved it? Yeah we got it buddy it wasn't until I moved to Argentina Michael Medved, thank you so much, Bob. Michael Medved. Okay, and, my
0: work here is done.
1: Okay, well you go you go on about your business. We appreciate you, uh, Michael Medved. And Medved's big deal was pop culture. Pop culture. He just hammered it every day and gave examples, and Miley, highly Miley Cyrus, and all of those things were happening about that time frame. And it wasn't until I got to Argentina, and that it, ding. Because because all of those things are translated into foreign languages, and they use that to pipe it out all over the world and corrupt every culture on the face of the globe in some extent. Mm. It's a vehicle. Uh, it's Roger. a vehicle. Now, what we do here, you see, is we analyze these guys because we know them real well, and we go in and see how they operate. And that's the real valuable lesson to take away from our time together is who these guys are and how they operate and what their MO, their mode of operandi is. And that way they become predictable. And it goes back to Sun Tzu, know your enemy. What were you going to say, Samuel?
4: Are, are you familiar with the name of Philip Haney?
1: I've heard the name. I don't, can't place it. He, uh, he, he he
4: was killed uh, supposedly by a self-inflicted gunshot wound oh, within about oh, oh, 20 oh. miles of
1: where I sit. Okay, uh, that happened yesterday. Whistlebl-
4: yeah, he was a whistleblower against the um, infiltration of this country by Muslim sects that were up to no good, like overthrowing this government and causing havoc. And uh, he was very outspoken. He was just to be married and get a new job, and he commits suicide.
1: Yeah, he was really in. He was a, a CDC employee. He looked in the picture I saw. Jack put that story up in our little forum on our little WhatsApp forum last night. I didn't read it, but I did see it. And uh, his name was Hanley, wasn't it? H A N L E Y, Philip Hanley. I thought.
4: I thought it was Haney, but I could okay, be
1: wrong. Well, either one of us could be. It was uh, something like that, and uh, I didn't. I didn't read that he was going to be married and stuff. But he had left the CDC and ends up a de- alongside the road, self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, yesterday. The hold on. yeah,
4: the sheriff. The sheriff's hold department on. found him in Amador County.
5: Uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh. Who you who you talking about here is Philip Haney? He wrote a book. Yeah, I, I have the book. It's called "See Something, Say Nothing." Correct. A homeland security right. officer exposes <laughs> the government's Submission to jihad. He didn't work for the CDC. He worked for Homeland Security. All right. Yeah. I thought and was an uh, once you read, it, if you if you read his book then you will understand why he had to be murdered, okay? Because he had the goods on him, all right? No, he killed and he himself.
4: He was getting ready to be married. <laughs> no, he got, this is,
2: this
5: is what happened. He got suicided. Yes. Okay? He got juiced. <laughs> and this was suicide. And, and remember, remember, uh, the uh, th- there is a direct uh, collaborative uh, activity between uh, so-called Jews and Muslims, and this is why we call them now they're they're Jewslums, okay, and uh, they're Jewslums, all right, because they they are two sides of the same. They're working together, uh, at what at, at some level. So uh, obviously if anybody is paid any attention to Israel and Saudi Arabia uh, with the uh, wasabi muslims you know this okay you you get it uh Philip Haney had to be murdered uh, cuz he he's he's the real deal he's a whistleblower and he wasn't giving up and he was a he was a small man he he didn't have a real strong speaking voice but boy was he a critical thinker and a in a detail a detail nut. Uh, if you read his book, you understand this. Uh, 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 so I'm really sad. I, I wasn't aware of this, so I'm really I'm kind of sad. I've listened to a half a dozen of his interviews. I'm really sort of wow. sad to uh, hear this uh, this happen. So you can go on YouTube. You can go on any number of different places and listen to interviews by this man over the last. Uh, four or five years and uh so to do a job he did the job and then they fired him and then they punished him and then they reassigned him and then they 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 terrorized him for him doing his job okay so this is your deep state uh uh schizophrenia dichotomy in, in action there's a war and there 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 is a war inside this thing they call the u.s government which is a uh is a is a company a services corporation, if you will, and um, unfortunately,
1: so unfortunately it's a it's a nest okay. Of, well, I'm done. Uh, rambling. Unfortunately, it's more appropriately defined as a nest of traders in key positions.
5: Yeah, well, I mean uh, that, that's that's my opinion of Alexander Hamilton and and James Madison. If you want to know the truth about it, I mean, I I hate to blurt that out like that, but that's sort of the conclusions I'm reaching <laughs> based upon the facts and not and not some Jew history of the facts okay <laughs> why well, I, I sound like an anti-Semite don't you don't I do I sound like an anti-Semite I uh I got um, a,
1: a video okay. uh from Brent a link to a video let's see if I can dig it up I got part of the way watching it yesterday and then got distracted guy named alan wilson it's a youtube video and the title of it is alan wilson hyphen the ancient history of the brits um you may especially with your interest in that area you may want to listen to what this guy said i i uh, sent it to paul and then i mentioned something about paul to brent and uh Brent said he had already discussed it with Paul, and Paul verified the guy was legit and that his information is legit. He's going into exactly, on the part I did get through to listen to, about how they whitewashed England's history, which I know is particularly uh, interesting yeah. to Daryl. Well, uh, the, the
5: English, the English, uh, the English uh, Civil War. Okay, which. Uh, uh only only one of it, a thousand um, uh people who call themselves americans would even have any conception that that ever took place if, if that maybe maybe it's one out of ten okay well this was this was a a jew instigated civil war it was the the first one of their new overarching uh agenda the first one uh, they they were a little disappointed in it because it, it, it wasn't as brutal and as vicious as they had intended to be. They corrected their strategies and plans when they conducted the um, French Revolutionary War. Okay, so that that took it up to the level that they wanted to play at. Okay, and and if you don't understand that everything that you've been taught and told and has been repeated is the the Jew interpretation. Jew historians, or or the, or Sabbat goys writing, uh, you're infected. Okay, this is this is how deep the schooling goes. You, well, you have to unwind it.
1: You know, we can we can apply the disinfectant tomorrow with Paul, uh, because we can take this and maybe I'll get the opportunity to watch the whole thing through. It's about 35 minutes. I got through about 12 minutes of it or so. Uh, and use that as a discussion tomorrow for something when Paul's with us, because obviously he's pretty schooled on this and has a uh, uh, by the virtue of the fact that he lives and born there, he's yeah. got much more familiarity with it than most of us.
5: Oh yeah, so we'll bring oh, yeah. It yeah. Well, listen. With him. Here's uh, here here Roger, Listen. Here, here's here's a great example here. Here's a great example. Even people in our our community. The the so-called whatever this community is, uh, I, I don't even dare label it. But okay, the people of interest in this community. Okay, uh, how many of them really actually comprehend that, that Mao Zedong and the the People's Revolution, of Communist China, was a was a Jewish revolution. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Pol Pot. Cambodia, the killing fields. How many of them get this? Every, absolutely every single uh, revolution since the English Revolution uh, has been at its roots a world revolutionary movement of, of the uh, uh, revolutionary Jew, uh, that class. Okay, I'm not I'm not painting every all of them with that brush. But there is a a class of them that are the instigators of this, and they're doing it here.
1: They're doing okay. it. They're, yeah. doing, they're yeah. doing it. They're doing it. everywhere. And as I get well, I, more I'm familiar well with here. this, it's <laughs> those Sabbateans and the outgrowth which we now label as Zionists. Really, they're the ones that yeah. are the the although what we talked about last week, that there's a schism between the Zionists and the communists, okay?
5: Well, you have you had the secular Jews. You had the secular Jews who are invested, the, the democratic, uh, liberal, progressive, social-democratic, communist uh, faction. Uh, they're not typically Zionist, okay? They, they can, uh, you know, operate in that area, but they're typically... Uh, not. Uh, they have a great distinct interest in uh, the Ukraine, that, that that faction of it, the, the Biden faction of this, the Hillary Clinton faction of this. And then you have the neocon faction, and the neocon faction came into uh, order and overtook the Republican Party in the late 60s. Okay, the neocons came into power through the night into the 1960s, and this is where the political schism splits in this country. Uh, You never heard of a neocon, had no concept of it prior to this. This is this is uh, the schism in 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 Jew political real politic Jewry in this country. There's a schism, and you have the secular right, the the Bertie Sandals crowd versus the Roy Cohn. (laughs) <laughs> okay, it uh so uh, this is why I said a couple weeks ago. Well, it, it just rest assured, be relaxed be comfortable with it, because no matter who wins, there's still going to be a Jew in charge. You if you're if you're caught if you're if your mind is caught up in the in the false axiomatic left right paradigm, uh. It, Either way, either way this thing goes, uh, there's going to be they're going to control all uh, foreign policy, money, and uh, the State Department and uh, well, the CIA. That's
1: why they're uh, freaking out with Trump is because he's savvy enough to yank some of that uh, foreign policy stuff away from them and change it. He's been firing people out of the NSC for the last couple of weeks in droves. Uh, the uh, the two brothers that stabbed him in the back in the Gate thing that was a Ukrainian general or something. They're, they're Jews.
0: They were yeah. Jews, Roger. They were Jews.
1: I know they were. They were both Jews. I know they were. And okay. so him and – Vindman uh, were twins. <laughs> pardon me? binman they were twins. Okay. Yeah. I thought their last name was – One Vindman. was
2: uh, – Yeah. <laughs> One was a lieutenant colonel, and the other one was his brother, and he was in charge of approving something that they were doing with the uh, nefarious activities over there in the State Department. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, Ukraine is a real funnel for them, and they can dump all kinds of stuff there and steal it on the back end. It's a, it's a real corrupt place. Um, anyway, uh, the point being is that Trump's savvy enough to smoke some of that stuff out.
5: <clears throat> well listen i i came up with something yesterday when i was uh i, I didn't call in yesterday because i was up underneath my car for most of the day uh on a uh on a auto lift putting on a uh stainless dual exhaust system on my uh, on my car because uh, i like the sound of it
0: and
5: and, um, and i'm under there working on this thing and and working and doing this and it came to i came to mind um, you know, about a month ago, I came up with the question, Roger. Uh, you know, when you're called a conspiracy theorist, you know, uh, to ask ask anybody who calls you a conspiracy theorist to re- respond to him by saying, "Well, how how do how do two airplanes knock down three buildings?" Yeah. Okay, right. that's the question, right? And uh, I came up with another one yesterday. It's uh, when somebody calls you a conspiracy theorist when when you're trying to engage and uh, be a watchman and share with them the neighborly love and they 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 rebuke you and rebut you with you're a conspiracy theorist or roll their eyes well ask them this question uh, particularly the older crowd what well, was jfk a conspiracy theorist ask them that Was 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 jfk a conspiracy th- well uh, to the the older crowd, that, that ought to give you an aneurysm because, you know, 10 days before he gets his head blown off, uh, he's uh, giving a speech about uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay.
4: Hey, Daryl, is uh, is isn't Kennedy's assassination, wasn't that when the CIA came up with the term conspiracy yes, theories? Yes. To put it down? That's exactly! That's, yes. that's
5: my point. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. Okay. They... They, they use this so effectively. How much traction and leverage have they got with this? Okay. Unbelievable. And nobody nobody can defend themselves from it. It's like it's like calling somebody anti-Semitic, okay? How much traction have they got with that? Your response to that isn't not to bow up and get upset with somebody because they called you anti-Semitic. You should laugh and say, no, you're confused. I'm anti-Semantic. Okay. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you, you're not anti Semitic, you're anti Semantic. How can you be anti-language? a Okay, this is this is where they play with your ignorance and illiteracy. This is where All they right. I, set,
1: I, I there's no them, such thing. Them, this, is I, I you, this is where they set This is where they set you up so they can bat you out of the park with emotions. They set you up for your emotional yeah. response with this stuff. <laughs>
0: Why do you
5: think? Here, here's a question for you guys, because we're, this is kind of a, as Mur calls it, the rooster's nest here, today, anyway. Uh, why do you think that boxers and fighters, or or even on the street, when when something's going to happen, one guy's trying to psych the other guy out? Huh? Why do you think they do that? To work on your emotions. Because if you can get somebody's emotions, uh, listen. Uh, it'll slow them down, and that's all you need yep. okay? And this is what they do. They get your emotions up. You be, you become a, a little hysterical little cuck and get all indignant and, instead of uh, smiling and laughing and, and putting the ball back in their court.
4: Muhammad Ali
1: was the master. Yeah, he was. Um, I always combated that, or at least for a while when somebody threw that label at me. of uh, of if if you want to confront it directly, you know, no, I deal in conspiracy facts, not theory. And then you start bringing out yeah. facts. Well, now well, we know that a lot of those people are psychologically programmed to what Yuri Brezhnikov, or whatever his name, told us, that they can't even recognize the facts when you put them in front of them. And that's what we're, those kind of things we're learning, and that's why as you get... And, and, further down this road you realize that you ain't gonna change those people. Go find the ones that are looking for answers. You know, that don't don't waste your right. time. Right. Well so
5: so if this happens yeah. If, if this happens in public though if this happens in public though, uh, I, I take I sort of take exception to that because I, I will waste my time on them and use them as an example.
1: Well yes, in a public the public setting, when you got other people them. around. No, I could see that scenario and I agree yeah. with you.
5: Yeah and and uh, and I don't attack them with a positive statement. I, I attack that. I attack their premise with a question. Oh. This this puts all all the back on them.
1: Well, you always a good salesman okay. knows you always <laughs> answer a question with a question. Did you hear Kay call in yesterday, Darrell, about our mat uh, our, our uh, conversation about the matriarchal control in society and stuff?
0: I.
5: I uh, yeah I I missed the entire show yesterday. Oh, okay. I was literally I Well, she you know, called in and kind of
1: she had taken she had heard us talking about that and had taken it and extrapolated it incorrectly. In putting it that we were talking about matriarchal control of a society, and we weren't. We were talking about specific matriarchal oh. passage of yeah. ethnicity, okay? And so I think we got that cleared up, but we spent a good few minutes on it yesterday talking it in general, and she yeah. was bringing up how, of course, remember, Kay's a, a, a novelist who's written, she's working on her 20th novel, which is some feat in its of itself, uh, and is an expert on the old Indian tribes. And she brought out how the Iroquois had the the guiding, the final word council in the Iroquois set up a government was a council of old women. Isn't that interesting? I, I thought about that several times on the show. Yes, go
2: ahead, Chris. Well, you know, it's not without note that there have been several... Societies in the history of time, through history, that were women guided. The Amazons, there was a group in Egypt that they went through all sorts of extraneous, uh, laborious efforts to remove the uh, history of, I think it was Hitzipath. Uh, uh, they scratched her name from things, tried to deface everything that had to do with her, because the patriarchal. Uh, Roman Catholico Christos cult of men who want to rule over and put everybody else underneath their rule have been trying to crush out the feminine divine uh, groups that have uh, prevailed on the face of the earth since the beginnings of time that are very little known by the masses of people because they've hidden it so
1: effectively. Well, I thought her point... Uh, I'm yeah. not so sure about it.
4: I, I thought Kay was, was quite fascinating. I think she said the Iroquois society in 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 some people's um history of it goes back to eleven hundred.
1: Yes, she said five hundred years. Um and I thought that was a particularly interesting check and balance and as I m my comment on the show when the subject came up yesterday was to oversee the uh, possible out of balance testosterone of some of the men in the tribe. It makes perfect sense. The old mothers have a different uh, a different view of those things, and I thought that was particularly interesting, that check and balance they put in their society and their government, their form of government, which evidently worked pretty well. They didn't have Jewish bankers.
4: And I think we copied some of it as well, did we not?
1: Yeah, I might have yeah. in the early... Yeah. Uh, early uh, discussions.
5: Yeah, part of the Constitution is a direct, uh, you you can actually extract direct uh, aspects of the Constitution as it was written or or, um, enacted uh, from the, uh, so uh, there's, you know, Plagiarism isn't new. You know, plagiarism,
1: that's not new. Well, building on so, other uh, people's you know, but, ideas but, isn't plagiarism either. So, you know, I mean, every yeah, great. Well, every, I'm, not, ex- so, I'm so sure
5: I'm okay with what they built. Okay, Roger. I'm well, not, saying, I, I I'm
1: not sure I'm very okay with. Well, I wasn't what, commenting yeah. on the overall. I was commenting on that specific check and balance, uh, which I thought was interesting. Well,
5: you know, uh, the. the the Indian tribes, the, the Indian tribes were uh, uh, cultures that uh, you know. I, I, I guess they have you know, absolute every right to exist or their history and everything else. But these are not these these are not uh, uh, consistent with uh, uh, our culture in the Bible and the law of that Bible. Okay, so uh, I, I don't take my I don't take my marching orders and my my blue print plan from Native Americans and mythologize uh, into uh, what what grand and noble people they were. Uh, I, I I'm not ridiculing them. It's just that that is uh, their worldview, their worldview, and um, uh, my lawgiver are different. To I, I find myself uh, agreeing with Brent here. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I don't, I don't, really care how good an Indian were. I don't, I don't think you could find any salvation through Christ unless you came, came to Christ. So,
4: anyway,
1: well, I guess as a I yeah, I'm, I'm, as
5: I'm, as a, I'm being,
4: we, we killed a lot of them in God's name.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, somebody did. Somebody did. <laughs> I did. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody did, and I didn't. Okay, I and know. and uh, you know, uh, and and U.S. citizens have paid a lot of taxes to U.S. mercenary warriors to kill a lot of people, millions of people around the world to bring in democracy. So, but, but I didn't. Oh, did you? I don't <laughs> think you did either. Did you? So why are you? Why are we? Why are we uh, guilty of of their of their sins? Okay. Well, So I, I'm I'm making a solution here. Okay, I. Uh, Touche. I, I know I'm being I'm being ornery today but I uh cool. it's this this is part of this virus Hi. That's I'm been sorry can't I can't get the-
6: your call right now uh, but if you leave a message I'll get back to you just as soon as I can thanks uh, I just
4: absolutely despise I Sounds like okay
1: yeah, Kay called in. I was going to see we're going to get some kind of clarification. It usually works on the second time around. Let's see if I can get her because she can probably give us. I know without a shadow of a doubt that Kay knows more about this than all of us combined. Okay. Absolutely. So from her research, so if we can get her on the phone, I think we might have gotten her instead of her answering machine that time. Is that you, Senora Kay?
6: Uh, yeah. Hi. Hey. does this is or- I'm, I'm in a rush to get to work, but whatever.
1: <laughs> You're a busy um, lady. You know,
6: I wanted to speak right to Daryl, if I could, please. Hi, Daryl. Um
4: Thank you
6: I, One thing I wanted to say, and I understand you, and I understand, Brent, and, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I can't I can how much I respect the both of you. I just want to add this. Hollywood has out so much false information that it really upset me. One of the reasons why I went into the field that I'm in is because I wanted to dispel the false information that Hollywood just pumps out. One thing that I wanted to say is Native Americans do not worship a whole bunch of gods, okay? They're, that movie Avatar really upset me because it made it sound as though these Native people Worship the earth. Nothing could be further from the truth. The native people. Am I on? Hello.
1: Yeah, we're here. We're listening atten- attentively.
6: Oh, okay. So one of the things that Native Americans were feel uh, is the fact that the earth nourishes life. Okay, it it brings life into being and it nourishes life, and that's why they call it Mother Earth. They don't worship it. What they feel is that they have a duty to protect the environment and to protect the earth and to nourish it. the earth to nourish life. Um, they believe in the creator. Uh, they had one god. They called him the great spirit or creator or whatever. And they were extremely interested in Christianity because it's it was right down their line. Um, and that's why on most of the reservations you find them now very Christian because it really fit into their own view of the world. They did not worship other gods. I'm not real sure about the people who made the totem poles on the, on the West Coast. I don't know about them. I haven't really researched them. My research is like with the Iroquois or the, the Lakota, the Blackfeet. And Shaman, um, those kind of tribes that were more in the middle west and they had none of that none of that I just want to really I, I understand where you're coming from did they know about Jesus? no they did not do they now embrace Jesus? yes yes many of them do they are very Christian now because their ideas really fit right in and would make you think that they worshipped all kinds of gods, and that they were savages, and they they did, you know, and that moody avatar. Okay, anyway.
4: what is that Chief Seattle quote where uh, he's very wise, pointing out uh, the white man's folly? Do you know that one?
6: Uh, I do, but Chief I can't Seattle? think of it right, off, right yeah. off my head. One thing that I did want to say about this, and and it's not a Seattle quote, but it's the quote from Chief. Joseph, and then I have to leave because I really have to get to work, but um, I'm trying to talk really fast, which I don't normally talk fast, so forgive me, but one thing that Chief Joseph said when he surrendered, and he was talking to General, I think it was Miles, I'm not real sure, it might have been Miles, but anyway, the general that followed him when he was trying to escape into Canada, and Chief Joseph said, here is how we lost our land. A man came to us and said, "Joseph, I want to buy your land. My land is not for sale, but I want to buy it. I'm sorry, I cannot sell my land." So this man goes to his neighbor, who was a let's say an enemy of the of the Nazpers, was with uh, the Nazpers. So um, and he goes to the enemy of the Nazpers and he says. I want to buy Joseph's land. Can you sell Joseph, to me? And the enemy goes, oh, of course I can sell that land. And he said, if we lost our land, this is how it was done. Um, and so I just wanted to type in there, uh, m- uh, many of these tribes were matriarchal, even the fierce Sioux were matriarchal, but the women did not rule the tribe, and that's what I really wanted to get across. They did not sit on councils. They did not do any of that. It was only that the women, the older women, had the last day in it. And that was specifically with the Iroquois. The older women had the last day. And that's also true of the truth in Navajo. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <The laughs> I'm so sorry. I have to go. That's okay. okay i
1: the The Nez Pierce were out in Wyoming.
3: I'd like to.
6: Yes. Yes.
5: Yes yeah. right. So. Kay, I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a man that I know uh, quite well. He's spent the last 40, uh, 40 years of his life, or 30 years, 35 years anyway, doing uh, full-time uh, anthropology on the Indians, and particularly Canada, but the northern tribes. And I, I would really like to put you in contact so that you, you guys could collaborate, because I think you would both enjoy it.
6: Oh, because yeah. of your oh, yeah. and
5: appreciated you. So uh, somehow or other we need to well, be able to make I, I put Kay in,
1: I put Kay in touch with Jack yesterday on shingles. I can put her in touch with you on Indian history today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well okay. uh,
5: the okay. the matrial the matriarchal the the matriarchal conversation had to do with uh, uh the uh uh the, particularly the the Jews and their matriarchal identification of their genealogy and which is a is a i i think it needs to be a, a, a severe distinction between exactly what you're talking about so uh but, but i appreciate it very much yeah. very
0: much yeah
5: okay. yeah thank you okay Kate. I'll, uh,
1: I'll,
6: oh, go I'll to work, work. Okay.
1: go to work check in right. with us check Bye-bye. in with us tomorrow
6: Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Bye. Ciao. Uh, sweet lady. I got, a, I got a Chief
4: Seattle quote here for you. Uh, you got only a, when the when the last. I got a, a Chief Seattle quote here okay. for you. Okay. Tell us uh, first only, story for you.
1: Launch. Ho ho ho, Samuel. For you. Launch. Who was ch- Chief Seattle? Obviously, they named a the city oh. after him. He had some importance, but some was he was, the, a, he was a very
4: wise Indian chief from the Seattle area. Um, And he uh, uh, he was like uh, his Confucius. um, uh, And he he, the things he had to say, I mean, you can look up his quotes, uh, uh, many of them. Um, Here's one. Only when the last tree has died and the last river has been poisoned and the last fish has been caught. Will we realize that we cannot eat money?
1: I like him already.
4: Yeah. He, he was yeah. telling white the white man what he what was wrong with him because he saw the destruction of the land um, because of the mining interest and yeah. stuff like that and he was just like oh my god you know yeah. who are you people
1: yep yeah. yep
5: yeah. and you well, can I, see I it. I think it's a great quote. Sam. <laughs> I think there's a great quote. Sorry, Roger. Uh, the, the the point, the, the hard-nosed, uncomfortable point I'm trying to make here, and uh, I you know, apologize if I'm not doing a good job. Here's the point I'm trying to make in being a, sort of uh, irascible and contrary today, is that we're not responsible, you and I are not responsible for what these people did to Indians. We're not. In no way, shape, or form, we're not responsible for what happened to the slaves and the black people, and the slave trade in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You are not, and you have to you you have to disenfranchise, disinfect your brain, bleach out all the guilt and the pride associated with your U.S. military over the last 150 years for doing the bidding of these people
1: because
5: that's who they've been working for for the last 150 years i didn't have any part okay and i'm not i don't feel uh, i don't feel empowered by that and you have to disassociate that quit protecting them
1: nor quit protecting them nor are you going uh, to uh, impose jewish guilt nor are you going to impose jewish guilt on me because of it
4: I I think that I I, I would like to say something else that that supports Kay here. Um, Here's another quote from him. Uh, uh, You will teach your children what we have taught our children, that the earth is our mother. What befalls the earth befalls all the sons of the earth, that we know the earth does not belong to man. Man belongs to the earth. All things are connected like the blood that unites us all. Men did not weave web of life. He is merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. One thing we know, our God is also your God. The earth is precious to him, and to harm the earth is to heap contempt on its creator.
1: Amen. Very nice quote right there, Samuel. Thanks for digging it up. I could see you were affected by it. He's awesome. Yep.
4: Yeah, he's awesome. He was a wise man.
1: Well, and and the Bible says the love love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. The love of money. Money we need to affect commerce. We trade. But the love of it to accumulate this power and control is where all of these things we're talking about emanate from. Bob, what were you going to say?
0: Well, to take Daryl's point that we didn't do it, I didn't do it. You can take that all the way back to the Crusades when people are trying to shame the Christians for, and I put Christians in air quotes, you understand that, because it wasn't. It was the imperial church, the Roman church that was behind the Crusades. But we are trying, certain people, let's say it that way, try to associate that with uh, uh, Christian guilt. You know, well, you people were so evil. Look what you did. You perpetrated this. Well, yep. I'll take Darrell's line. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> had nothing to do with that.
1: I didn't enslave those black people. First, I didn't put them in ships and bring yeah, them because, back across the, across the Atlantic. Okay, if some if, of their own people are the defeated. ones. That, they're the ones that hunted down their adversaries and enslaved them and sold them to the Jews or the Arabs. The Arabs were very active in. They sold. In the slave trade, they still are today. They've got slave pens open up in Libya over there just recently.
0: Well, they right. sold Joseph's land, right? It wasn't theirs to sell, but they sold it. Right. Selling That's
5: their exactly, in Bob. Well, so as soon as you as soon as you accept the the dialectical position, the opposite, the either or position of these people's accusations. And the premise and context of their accusation, you immediately uh, are defending something that you didn't have any part of, you That's didn't great. do, and you don't know what you're talking about, and you become you become white all of a sudden, and 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 you have no defense. Okay, you've been placed in this mon- monolithic, and you've accepted it. You put that you put this harness around your neck. And you're trying to defend something and getting abused for something that you don't know anything about and didn't do. I mean, talk about being put in a box.
4: All right. <laughs> we, we, we all we all make decisions throughout life uh, where we could have told a lie or where we told the truth, etc. Right? Christ said the truth would be written on our hearts, um, and I think it that is. makes a certain yeah. bunch of us different. You know, it is. and we try to be decent, but we could just as easily be an evil person by some of the decisions we would have made in life and gotten caught into that vortex.
1: You know, Pastor Pete used to say that very same thing, Samuel. He'd say, we have our God's laws written on our our hearts from birth, and they have their God's laws written on their hearts, and you can see that. Let me throw this in here because it was a topic of a discussion a minute ago on Mr. Philip Haney. Haney? Um, he, uh, yeah. the coroner in that county has ruled not so fast. This, we have not ruled this a suicide. That's over on cool. World Net Daily, okay? So maybe that's going to get questioned.
5: Well, but now I, this guy, uh, I appreciate that. I, I think,
0: yeah, this guy go was ahead. an older white yeah, guy, he
1: wasn't an Indian guy, yeah. Uh and, and and I did see a little clip of him in an interview that was posted now that I think about it cuz I see his picture and can link them together but evidently the coroner has not ruled out a suicide yet out there and maybe well, maybe that's a great that's, deal. Roger that when you
4: that that's Amador County and I tell you something about Amador County I'm about uh 10 minutes away from there that mm-hmm. county line I'm in El Dorado mm-hmm. and I wish I was in Amador because it is not badly infected by the system and Agenda 21 and everything else we got in this frickin' state. It's a clean place, comparatively. Smart people, uh, patriotic people, yeah. a lot of winemakers, etc.
1: So you tell telling me they picked well, the wrong county to suicide him? They picked the wrong county to suicide yeah. him in?
4: Probably. I don't know if he lives there or not, but... Uh, doesn't yeah, matter. Sure. Doesn't um, matter
1: if he lives there or not. That's the jurisdiction of the of the of the death. Right, right. Wait, well, well, he's he's gonna gonna when you read, there when you read when you read when you read Philip
5: Haney's book when you read it, okay, you have to read it. When you read his book, you he takes you on a a process, multi-year process of him coming to terms with his own cognitive dissonance okay he's operating under a perception and premise and uh assumptions about what his job is and what his orders are and he slowly through uh, abuse and suffering understands reality okay yeah Uh, and he takes you on this trip and he reaches conclusions and, uh, so the, the other thing I wanted to mention before I forget about but, it
4: Daryl, is the, sort of
1: the We can't duplex on here. We can't talk at the same time. Let Daryl yeah. finish and I'll get to Samuel. Yeah. Go ahead, Daryl finish up.
5: The overarching theme I want to talk about here and, and button up on this is that uh, with this other conversation we're having, we're like having two conversations at the same time here, but this previous one is that you have to be, be able to recognize when other people are defining and the mo- moment that you accept other people's definitions of who you are and label that and you accept it, you've lost control yep. of the narrative. Yep. Okay. You yep. cannot allow other people to define you. You cannot do that. And this is this is a core foundation of how uh society is played and not aware of it. And I yield to Sir Samuel. Sir
1: Samuel, <laughs> Front and Center.
4: Yeah, um you know Joseph Campbell wrote that book, The Hero's Journey. We we all get to make those decisions in life that uh um you know we gotta go we all have to go against what we've been taught um I've been that way all my life. I mean, uh, my father was Lutheran, and my mother was Catholic, and she shoved me into parochial school and uh I was their worst terror. I mean the nuns hated me um because I just couldn't swallow their crap. They were always trying to brainwash you every freaking day.
1: It ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so, Mark Twain. As long as you're throwing quotes around,
4: yeah. We, you know, I, I, I see. I, 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 wonder if I would have been given a lot of money, Daryl, whether I would have not become a scumbag. I, uh,
5: I, I probably would have. I, I probably mm-hmm. would have and had to have suffered that. I'm, I'm not talking about my, my, uh, my great righteousness. I'm talking about uh, the school of hard knocks here and, and coming to terms with it. I only changed at the precipice, literally, okay? And, and, I, and I say this uh, without bragging. Uh, I believe that part of the reason why I can unravel and unwind and see the trajectory of these things is because I understand how they think. Because if I was given over to my other nature... I would do those things. Okay, I get it. I see both sides of it. Yeah. All right, I'm not proud of that, but that's the way it is.
1: Well, okay. So you the, have to, the, you
5: have to choose. And if I'm going to make, I get to do my quote, and then I'll shut up. Okay. Uh, those that can, those that can convince you of absurdities can convince you to commit atrocity. Voltaire, Yep. Okay. And this is know. what we've done.
1: Yep. It's exactly what's happened. And that very interesting part of the materialistic side of all this and the temptation that it drags people into, which they have not the moral or the ethical backbone to resist. It's a very interesting question. It's really where the rubber meets the road here on all this.
4: The the Bible says, and we've maybe been gifted by some of this, is that it would be the narrow and steep path that gets you to the gates of the kingdom. Hear,
5: hear, 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 hear. Yes, sir.
1: Well, one of the things that I've come to realize so much was an old song that was on uh, on an album. I worked at Infinity by Rupert uh, Holmes. And the name of the song was Less Is More. It's an excellent song. It's too bad they never chased it as a single because it had all the potential. But it was a really great haunting song in a kind of minor key, lingered with you. And the whole the whole theme of the song, of course, is Less Is More. And I've found that to be very true later in life. Um, the, the less you got, it seems like the, the, the more... Peace you've got because you're not worried about insuring it. You're not worried about somebody stealing it. You're not worried about all the other stuff, and it just seems to be a lot more carefree with, uh, you know, less things. I think less is more in many many contexts of life for delivering you a simpler, happier life. Just a conclusion I've come to personally at this stage of the road.
4: Yeah, sim- simplicity can wrap itself around you and, and hold you there.
1: Well, Look, you know, yeah. what happens when you own a bunch of stuff is you realize at some point that you don't own it, it owns you because of the the insurance, yep. the maintenance, the upkeep, the worry, the concern, the this, that, and the other. So uh, if you don't have those things, the you don't have taxes. all that. Do, do what, Daryl?
5: The taxes. The, the taxes, taxes, too.
1: Well, we know how to get out of that little part of this deal, thank goodness. And, uh, um and uh, hopefully some of you have availed yourself of that and gotten some sanity out of this. The reason we're here on a daily basis is for your freedom, uh, not only for your sake but for our sake, because the more free people we get out there, the stronger we all are. So that's uh, that's what we try and do here. We'll try and do it again tomorrow with Senor Paul. I'm assuming he'll be with us. Always look forward to him. And maybe we can get and talk about this guy, Alan, uh, Alan that I mentioned earlier and uh, – the way they've rewritten history so they can accomplish an agenda. Um, We touched several times today on the Sun Tzu aspect of this. You cannot know these guys well enough. You cannot study them and their history, and when you find out how the history really unfolds, you cannot study that information enough because the more that you study it and internalize it, the better you know them. And the better you know them, the easier it is to defeat them, and the more you detest them. It's a really wonderful little combination of of, of effects. So uh, that's about it for 225, guys. We're getting close to the end here. I better pipe this thing down so he doesn't whistle too loud in all of our ears when he decides to come around. And uh, thank everybody for joining us. Keep your... Uh, keep your eyes attentive. It looks like they'll try and stabilize the financial situation. Here we'll see what happens this afternoon. I've got a Patriot lunch. I won't be paying attention, but you can be. And uh, we'll come back and talk about it tomorrow. I guess there's some sort of a Democratic debate tonight for whatever that's worth, and uh, no doubt more people will become infected by tomorrow. So we'll be back to talk about I it then. A I a virus day. Yes, have a virus-free day, all of you. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. sure appreciate you and appreciate especially the guys that participate. Michael Medved, thank you, Bob. See you tomorrow. Ciao, ciao, amigos.
4: Thanks, Roger.
1: Uh, okay. Hasta la and la vista, amigos. Ciao, ciao.
0: Swan.
6: Oh!